Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. This show is brought to you by the folks at Better Nutrition, Amazing Wellness, Clean Eating, Vegetarian Times, The Yoga Journal, and more. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe, also rate and review. So thank you again for listening to Talk Healthy Today. I just read an absolutely fantastic book, and I am beyond thrilled to have the wonderful Dr. Sherry Campbell on the program. She's a licensed psychologist with over two decades of clinical training experience, providing counseling and psychotherapy services to residents of Orange County, California. But don't worry, because she can also work with you with coaching sessions via FaceTime and Skype, and I am just enamored. (laughs) I'm so excited. Hello, Dr. Campbell. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Well, you're doing such incredible work. Your book is titled, But It's Your Family, Cutting Ties with Toxic Family Members and Loving Yourself in the Aftermath. Take us back a little bit and describe to us what it means to have toxic family members. Toxic family members are, are you know, any, any like any other toxic people you'd run into in your life. And, you know, you just aren't ever leaving with any self-worth. There's a ton of confusion. You've always to blame um, the, the roles in a toxic family are very rigid. So I was sort of the scapegoated kid and just really grew up very sad with very low self-worth and everything was sort of confusing and twisted on me. Nothing that appeared the way it should be was the way it should have been. And so, you know, toxic parents are never wrong and you are always wrong and you're always put in a position to take care of them or, you know, kindness is really just given for compliance. And it was just, it's just a very difficult way to grow up. And so I didn't find a whole lot of literature that was more helpful for me than just sort of defining the problem and telling me what kind of person I became because I grew up this way. So I decided to pioneer this one and document the steps I had to take to really save my life and become a healthy person. Yeah. And it takes a lot because you, you grow up, you said in an interview that you grew up, you feel like you lived in complete confusion every Every day. day. Oh my gosh. And you don't have a sense of self, right? Because it's all about your parents and they're such narcissists, right? And everything is about them. Everything is about them. And that's why they give kindness is really not love. It's just given for compliance. And so if you don't comply, then you are, you know, just really abused for it, but it's a kind of abuse that's just based in confusion and not knowing your value. And and they make you feel literally valueless if you're not going to go along with their program. You're just not worth anything. They also say that you're too sensitive. That's a common thing you'll hear from toxic people. Oh my gosh, that's their favorite line. Yeah. You're too sensitive. And I was, I, I, and I believed that for years because I become a pleaser, you know, to kind of survive in that environment that was so confusing. And mind you, most toxic families look like very healthy families from the outside. So that was a whole other level of, you know, confusion I had is that everyone else thought my family was so great. So I figured it had to be me. My, my, my parents had to have been right. Right. So kids are always looking to blame themselves because it's too scary for children to think of their parents as not healthy. You know, right. 
Yeah, that's true. And that's so scary too, because then you take on so much. And you, I, you were talking about, you know, you're just saying about people saying they were nice and then your friends go, oh, but your mom is so nice. And you're like, she is? Oh my gosh, then I must be the problem. And then when you were 16, mm-hmm. you went to therapy and that must have been a relief for you to have a therapist say, actually, Sherry, you're oh. not the problem. So talk to us a little bit about that. And how did that, did that at all alter your self-image or did it still like it was so ingrained? Well, it was then? ingrained and it altered. I mean, I at least could believe her that maybe I wasn't wrong if I couldn't believe me. So if I was in the office with her, I could believe her. But the minute I was back at home, it still felt like it was me. But there was this part of me that, you know, that was a game changer for me because many therapists that I've, uh, you know, worked with or I have um, been treated by myself, I had to leave. They had no clue what I was really talking about, even though they'd studied the canned version of these disorders in the book, in their books, right, that we all study. But if you haven't lived it, you know, narcissism isn't just your pop psychology narcissist driving a hot car and or a selfie every two minutes. You know, I mean, covert narcissism is really more of what I grew up in. And it's a lot harder to detect because it's all passive aggressive. And I can't prove a tone of voice or a look of disgust on my face. And my parents gaslight that very easily and go, oh, you're just so sensitive. So it was really a way to just get me more and more into confusion so that I would see and be able to confront them less and less on who they really were. Now, both your mar- your parents were each married four times. And so you had a lot of change you had to deal with in oh addition to yeah. their toxicity. And, and it was crazy. So my mom would probably technically say three times because she didn't have a legal wedding to the man that she's with, but she had their own little version of a wedding and, and she's been with him for 20 years. So it, to me, it doesn't really matter. If she wants to get <laughs> technical, that's great. But the bottom line is they've been married four right. times each and my life was total chaos because of that. Oh, I'm sure. And, you know, in the book, you go through toxic parents, toxic mothers, toxic fathers, toxic adult children. There's so much that goes into this. And and I think, you know, for me, it's funny because when I was reading, I thought, well, my parents are pretty dysfunctional. But I'm like, yeah, they had a little bit. You know, my mom was chronically ill, so she relied on me and my sister a lot. And at one point to my, my sister when she was eight, she said, I never want you to grow up because I want you to take care of me. I always want you to take I care of me. And I'm like, that's kind of toxic. But that <laughs> yeah. was like rare. But right. Isn't that toxic? I'm like, oh my God, I'm having to confront. Now, my mom died 24 years ago. I was in my 20s and there was so much that, there was so much good in her, but there was also some toxicity and I never got to deal with it, which is really tough. And when I bring up my mom to my sister, she's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, but she was this, this, and this. But I see now that Mm -hmm. she relied more heavily on her than me. I was like, baby, I was protected a little bit. My brother was a scapegoat. He was a root of all evil. That sounds all pretty toxic, toxic to me. You could have been golden child favorite <laughs> like my brother. You know what I'm saying? So um, you will get a different flavor of treatment. You know, so no child on earth is the root of all evil, right? I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. There are toxic adult children, but those usually come from very from families that enabled, you know, them terribly or neglected them terribly. But your brother most likely was not the root of all evil. Now, whether he turned into that due to that belief system, I don't know, but that's talk. That's very toxic. Like, I'm so happy you're here. You can take care of me, you know? Um, right. Yeah. That is, really that toxic. is role <laughs> reversal at its finest. And, you know, what we all know about narcissism is we're really dealing there, you know, we're dealing with an adult child. 
So they don't really want to grow up. They have kids, and I explain this in the book, is that they have kids for all kinds of different reasons that healthy parents don't. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, my mother was like not liking work, so she decided to have kids, but she didn't really want them because she had a toxic mother who was um, bipolar and wouldn't take her medication and was in and out of, of institutions. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's, yeah, and that's that's mentally yeah. ill. To me, there's a mental illness, and yes, that makes them toxic. So in a situation like mine, neither of my parents have mental illness, so I don't even have a crutch of some something else other than my flaws to to carry the burden of their toxicity for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because I think for me too, with my my mom would like my sister would be like, God, mom is being such a bitch. And I'd be like, Yeah, but she's in chronic pain. How would you act? And so I always felt like I had to defend her. Yeah. But yeah. It's hard on the but my, and then my sister would say, Yeah, but I'm still allowed to have my feelings. Even if she yes. has an excuse, even if there's chronic pain, even if her mother was mentally ill. And I think for me, I was always felt like I had to be the defender. This is so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? She probably had you in that role as her golden child. Yeah. Well, I was like sweet and I did what she wanted. And yeah. One thing about toxic people is that they love their illnesses. So she didn't want to work and she didn't really want to have kids, which says she really didn't want to work on having kids. So one way to get out of that psychologically is to get sick, right? It's like, okay, well, if I'm sick, and it maybe may or may not be conscious. I don't know. For most toxic people, it's pretty conscious, right? But you don't have to do the work of either. And now you have these little minions to do the work for you. And those people are your children. Ah, or because her mother was absent and not good when she was there, then maybe you use your kids to like, t you know, take care of you too, right? Yes, Is that absolutely. Your kids, it's role reversal, right? Your kids become the adult. Yes. Oh, it's so fascinating. So how do you help people like us? <laughs> like apparently I'm, I have trouble. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I always suggest everybody try to get into some sort of treatment. You know what I mean? With yeah. And I have been. Mm -hmm. And you have to just make sure that they're, you know, further versed around the topic of toxic people than, than simply what they've learned in the DSM, right? Lots of people are giving my book to their therapists. Oh, wonderful. Because and many therapists are very are very thankful, which is wonderful, right? So, um, what I love about about that is that you know there doesn't need to be an ego; it's just knowledge, and best to learn from somebody who's lived it. Especially because your mother was covertly narcissistic. You can't you can't really prove that she was trying to be sick to not have kids. Let's say right, right, so, yeah. But your sister really was not allowed to have her feelings. I can already hear that. Your mom didn't want her to have her feelings because your mom had her pegged into a role of caretaker, right? So if your sister had her feelings, then sister might want to quit her job. Yeah, that's true. Getting into treatment with somebody is really helpful. Reading books like mine, I just finished the second part to this book. I had no idea that I was actually going to write the second part until some uh, hoovering abuse has occurred in the last three years since I've cut ties that I thought, well, I can't be the only one who deals with this. And I guess I'll go ahead and write about it in case, you know, cause this isn't stuff people usually talk about with family. So, um, book two is already is finished. So I just have to get it into editing. Um, Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it deals with the aftermath of it. Right. Because just because I set no contact boundaries, I was so cute when I first wrote this one that I thought my abuse stopped, but it doesn't. Because the only person who changed in that dynamic again was me, right? So 
they didn't change. So th- that book will come in that, you know, these things would be interesting for your sister to read because I think it would just validate her as well. But just get into some yeah, treatment, I think you so know, too. just get into a little bit of treatment with someone that either has knowledge or who's willing to read my book and that can give you kind of a pathway to that help. There's different varying levels of toxicity, right? You're not as toxic as mine, but toxic enough that boundaries need to be set. Right. Yeah. I mean, my mother would say she was sorry. There was like, there was definitely positive things, but when her mother would come to visit, oh my God, she would spend a week going and saying like, oh my God, my my mother gave me this. I don't know where it is. And she would be like a frantic disaster. And and so I think what I also did was like, well, she's kind of a wreck, but at least she's not as bad as her mom. You know what I I always made excuses, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, and kids do that. It's amazing how many excuses I made growing up. And what I was doing is, is, is instead of protecting myself, I was making excuses to allow abuse, you know, to happen to me because we need as children for our parents to be our leaders. There's just no, there's just no other way. We aren't safe in the world if we don't have parents really. Right. So yeah, it's amazing. The excuses that we will, that we will make. Yeah, there is. And I think one of the things you talk about is, uh, you know, the, the need to separate. I think there's this whole thing about, you know, oh, you just have to forgive and then otherwise you're not a good person. And that's such BS. You know, oh, you God. need to cut off, flip and cut off. Forgiveness doesn't solve anything. I mean, forgiveness doesn't change a person who's unwilling to change. Right. And so I, in my book, I go through the myths of forgiveness because there's spiritual abuse all over that topic. Right. Um, if, if abuse is contributing, if, if forgiveness is going to contribute to more abuse, that is not a smart decision. And nor are you a bad person. The smartest thing you can do is accept these people for exactly who they are without needing them to change. You might want them to change, right? But as an adult, you don't necessarily need them to change because you can function on your own food, home, and shelter. Acceptance is a harder process than forgiveness as well. Because if you're accepting something, then you have to recognize if you aren't the problem, then you are powerless to change this situation. So for years and years and years, I, I unconsciously made myself the problem just to keep the connection to my family. And I kept trying to change me. Right. So when I realized I wasn't the problem and and I was never going to be able to be the problem, then I was powerless to fix my family. Right. And then you got to fix yourself. That's right. And love yourself. Yes. And that's a hard process. Lifelong. Because <laughs> I have <sighs> ingrained beliefs about myself that are, are, are much more automatic than the new beliefs. Yeah, that's what's so tough. And I want to mention that you were 42 when you cut off your brother and your father, yeah. right? And 45 with your mother. So it's never too late. Never, ever too late. And 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 it can happen anytime. And I'll tell you that I, in hindsight, I wish I would have done it earlier. But at the end of the day, I just wasn't there. And the reason I just wasn't there is because I didn't lose a sock. You know, it's not like I lost a sock. I lost the, everything that defines you. What do people want to know? They, they start to get to know you, right? And then they, they, they immediately, tell me about your family. Where'd you grow up? Like it, it becomes, that's how powerful family is. It, it, it defines us, right? So all of those conversations are, are, are really looked at much more deeply in my next book. But 
That's exciting. I can't wait to read it. Well, Sherry, I am going to have you back. I want to finish. I'd love to do a whole series with you. I think you're absolutely incredible. This is such good stuff. Ah, I've been in denial. I mean, I'll go back and forth. I think because I was treated better, (laughs) which makes me feel horrible, but I had to be so good. I, cause I was always afraid of being, I never wanted to be treated the way they yeah. treated my brother or yeah. she treated my brother. Yeah, so it wasn't like it yes. was easy. <laughs> and so the thing is, is that you also learned that behavior, right? So yeah, I'm a people pleaser. Oh my gosh. We all are coming from these families. Well, I would love to do a series with you. So let's definitely talk and thank you for having me and we'll schedule the next one.